So here we are, number seven of our series in James of discussion starters that I hope you're finding useful in some of your situations. Uh, what We start in James chapter three now, and I came into this library for a reason. This is the library at Lower Deer Creek Mennonite Church where I'm serving on the pastoral staff. And uh, this whole row is dedicated to those who have been teaching and preaching here at Lower Deer Creek over the 143 years of its history. When we get to chapter three of James, it starts out by saying, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And that's scriptural, that's the way it is. In order to maintain the doctrine of the church, those who teach the doctrine are judged more strictly. And this era is just the same as any other era in Christian church history. Christian teachers, biblical teachers, are being judged pretty strictly and held to a very high standard. The other problem in our society is that we also stick our Bible teachers so high up on a pedestal sometimes that it's very easy for they themselves to fall. You might be thinking uh, about your Bible teacher in your situation and be thinking of those uh, ways that maybe we lift them up a little too high uh, or maybe the way we judge them more strictly. Let's also be reminded that God is the ultimate judge of our Bible teachers and that's his work for the kingdom. In reality, this subject's very pertinent to all of us because I think every one of us, there might be a few, in our crowd that can't speak at all. But those of us who can speak each and every day using our tongue likely are guilty of using it the wrong way. We all stumble in many ways, says verse two. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check. And I think that's true. If we are able to watch our words carefully, then likely we're able to discipline every other facet of our lives in such a way that uh, we've got it in pretty well worked out. The truth of the matter is we all mess up when we speak. And if you've been watching these tapes over the last several times, you realize that about every time I open my mouth, I can mess it up. James uses horses and the example of the bits used in their mouths to move them where they go. He also uses the, the rudder on a boat. It's as if he's making the case that the way our tongue goes, it moves our entire body. He is making the case that our very words are part of our discipline, part of our discipleship. In fact, I think he makes the case that we must be very careful about what we say because we can actually have words that are full of deadly poison. And I'd like to challenge you, what have you said already today that you wished you hadn't have said? Uh, in the midst of the coronavirus at our house this morning, it was chaos. And there was a lot of things going on and a lot of times 
timetables that needed to met, be met. And, and I spoke abruptly and harshly to my wife, Charlene. And I apologized for it. Even so, those words crossed my lips and they made an effect on her. Likely you made some uh, statements this morning that may have been coming from your heart, may not even have been met for, meant for the person to which you were talking, but you said them anyway. What I like is the way James ends this. In verse nine, he says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. That got me thinking a little bit. So if we could actually taste our words, would we change what we say? In other words, if we could speak sweet words and actually taste their sweetness, would we say them more often? If we could speak delicious words to others, would we speak them more often than the bitter ones and the harsh, brassy words that we sometimes say in the heat of an argument? You know, if I could speak in such a way that my words could taste like a vanilla sandwich cookie, I think that'd be a good goal. What would your words taste like if you swallowed the words you said this morning or the ones you said last night? Think about it.